Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? Mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. If you like what we're doing, be sure to subscribe. Today's topic is a little heavy. We're going to be talking about the very real world of living an online life with Joe Piazza. Joe is an established podcaster and best-selling author. Her work has been published in 10 languages in 12 countries, and four of her books have been optioned for film and television. A former editor, columnist, and travel writer, Joe's work has appeared in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, New York Magazine, Glamour, Elle, Time, Marie, Claire, The Beast, uh, so many more. I just feel like The Daily Beast, Slate, I could just keep going on and on and on. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I feel like I need to edit that on my website because like bookstores will pick that up and then like inevitably the like assistant bookseller is reading that. And I'm just going to change it to has written for most publications out there, the ones that still exist and the ones that were killed by the internet. That's it. I'm just going to. That's it. That's exactly. Name one. one. I've written for them. Yeah. If you could think of it, she wrote for it. I wrote for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Joe, you're an absolute powerhouse. Like I said, I mean, you're a wildly successful podcaster. You're a wildly successful writer. You're a wildly successful mother. Tell us a little bit about yourself. God, you're amazing. Can you just follow me around and say those things? Yeah, you know, I've been a journalist for over 20 years now, and I feel like I've been riding the wave of how the internet and social media have destroyed journalism in so many ways. I've pivoted so many times at this point from print. I was still writing for a print newspaper that was competing daily against the, I was at the New York Daily News. We were competing daily against the New York Post. It was actual print tabloid wars because this was just as the internet was starting. I remember those times. Yeah. I'm always so grateful that I had that time actually, because I think it taught me to be a better, better journalist. It taught me to respect print journalism so much. And Then, of course, I pivoted into digital journalism. I launched Yahoo Travel and went back to back to magazines and then launched all the websites for those magazines. I've dabbled in the social space. I changed over to podcasts. I started writing books. I feel like I'm trying to do all of the things before ChatGPT just takes them over and I have to find a new career. Yes, I feel that. (laughs) I'm like, just try it all. Just try it all before AI AI starts to do it. All right. Beep, bop, boop. It's going to be doing that. And and everything will sound the same and everything will be written the same. And that's pretty much what's going on. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's that's where we're going to be. Yeah. So when I scheduled our chat, this pod, we were going to talk about other things. But unfortunately, last night we received news about the unfortunate and untimely passing of Heather Armstrong. She was a pioneer mommy blogger. And I hate even to use that phrase because she was just more, so much more than just a mommy blogger. But she was also the creator of Deuce.com. How did you take the news of Heather's passing? I was totally flattened by it, I have to say. And at first, at 
at first I thought it was a joke. I saw someone make a comment about it, maybe on Substack. It had to be because I'm not on Twitter anymore. And then they erased it. Someone just said, did, did, did the deuce die? And then I had to get offline and do mom things for a while and came back. And then I saw all the obituaries and it just, it really, it really punched me in the gut for so many reasons. I, I didn't know Heather personally. I interviewed her a few times, most recently for my under the influence podcast a couple of years ago. And it was a long interview. We talked for a very long time about how toxic the internet became for a woman, but to me, she was the person who started it all. And I, I started writing about this today. I just don't, it pisses me off. It pisses me off that every obituary about her calls her a mommy blogger. And I don't like the term mommy blogger. That's how I felt too. Even as I was saying that, I was like, I don't, yeah. I, like, I don't want to say that because it's so much, she's so much more. But also what else can you say? That's the thing, because it was a term that essentially was created to pigeonhole the women that were creating this industry and women adopted it because we wanted to be an industry. Right. And so we just, we kind of accepted what other people named us. And, but she was so much more than, than that. She was an author. And I think she pioneered a new genre of how to write about motherhood. And I, I compare that to the men who created new journalism, the gay Talese, Hunter S. Thompson, who pioneered that experiential form of journalism. These men who we hold up as fucking pil- pillars of journalism and literary craft. Heather did that. She wrote raw, honest, and authentic accounts of being a woman in the world in a way that I don't think we have seen before, in a way that spawned an entire multi-billion dollar industry. And I think she deserves the credit for that. 1,000%, yes. 1,000%. And and that's why we're, we're here talking about her, t- paying homage to her, and talking about the industry in general. Like, as I mentioned before, you had a podcast called Under the Influence, where you really and truly picked apart this industry that we're a part of. And I've had many other guests on this podcast where we've spoken about this, the, you know, Sarah Peterson's of the world. And mm, love, I love me some Sarah Peterson. I love, love Sarah. She's you amazing. Know. And her book's doing great. And her book's fantastic. Going to give a plug for that. Go yeah, buy Mom Fluence. If you haven't get read it yet, get it, get it, get yeah. it. I've also had on Catherine Jezer Morton, who I know you know as well. She's amazing. Like, you're my people. You are, we, we are all in this together. So I want to talk about mental health and creators. I didn't know Heather personally, but this really hits because it feels like one of our own. So from your work, whether it's writing or on the podcast with Under the Influence, how have you seen the implications of social media weave into the mental health of creators? Yeah, it's, I think it's impossible for it not to in so many ways. When I was working on Under the Influence, I interviewed countless creators who told me they were suicidal, who told me they had truly been driven to the brink by the toxicity of, of the internet, of, by the commenters saying just the most terrible things you can imagine 
people saying to other people, but who were cloaked by the anonymity of the internet and felt free to trash these women as though they were not real human beings at all, as if they were characters on a television show, which, to be fair, social media has turned these women into characters, but the, by the way that people people consume it. So it's I do think that it is the platform's fault for how it has evolved. And even going back to Heather Armstrong, she hated how mommy blogging had taken this turn towards influencing, how writing had turned into just a photo, how brands were dictating what women could and couldn't say. And I think all of it, just all of the weight of all of these things takes such a huge toll on female, on mother creators at a time in their life when you're insanely vulnerable. I say this a lot. I think that we don't give nearly enough credence to the fact that becoming a mother is the same kind of identity shift as puberty and probably more monumental for women. And yet that is the time when women who put themselves in a public space are tend to be attacked the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting what you were saying about the shift because I I've been on Instagram since 2016. So I Mm -hmm. have really seen a major shift. That's OG man. That's (laughs) like, that's all, that's a long time. It's a long long time. time. It's a long time. So I really have seen the shift and this is something that I talk about often is, you know, when we got started, it was obviously still photos. It wasn't reels, videos, and, and that kind of stuff. And to see the pivot into into video is that, you know, we can't tell effectively tell a story in seven seconds like we can here on a podcast. And you're a podcaster, so so you know. And, and it goes back to what you were saying about what Heather was saying about blogging. It's like, you know, if you write, I'm just going to say, you know, a thousand word blog post to like really bring somebody through an experience that you've had to really truly share that, you can't do that in a seven second clip necessarily, a seven second reel. And in in even in let's say a 45 minute podcast episode, we're still trying to to do that. But I think it's so important to like respect creators of different types and whether they're writers or photographers or or video makers or you know mom humorists, like whatever it is, like like you were saying, like the industry really dictated this is what you have to do now. Do you want to make it here? Then this is what you need to do. And I hate that about it. And and so only recently, I sort of came through the other side where I was like, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. And then only when I came through the other side, I was like, no, 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 I'm going to do it on my terms. I'm not going to do it based upon what the platform wants me to do or what I think that I should be doing or what I see the other people doing. I'm like, no, who am I? And, and what am I good at? And where do I spark the joy and and why do I wake up to pick up my phone and then create content the next day? You know, and I think it's so important. I think it's so important to ask those questions. And that's why I created Under the Influence because I want these platforms to do better, right? I, I want content creators to be respected. And the only way that that can happen is if we talk about these kind of messy things, these messy questions of how we should be creating content and how what what we believe has worth in this industry and how we're all being treated by this industry, both consumers of content and creators of content alike. It's a, it's a very, I think the same things that you think all the time. There are mornings when I wake up 
and I feel this way even about publishing books and making podcasts. And I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't like what the world of media has become. I don't like having to rebrand myself every 20 minutes. I just want to tell stories. That's what I've always wanted to do. And that feels more and more impossible on a regular basis. And I'm not, I, Heather Armstrong had so much going on. I don't want to speculate, but what I know is that she is a woman who genuinely wanted to tell her story and other women's stories. And she was beaten down by this industry. And, and I don't think that we can ignore that fact. No, we absolutely, absolutely cannot ignore the fact. I just got back from Mom 2.0 Summit literally yesterday morning. I took the red eye. And it was so life-affirming and so realigning and refreshing and inspiring to, to be with my fellow content creators, to be with my friends, to hear their stories. And there is an underlying issue of burnout, of toxicity, of all of those pressures that that we were just saying. In fact, I actually spoke on a panel about creator burnout, and it was really well attended mm-hmm. because guess I'll what? Bet it was. Everyone's <laughs> burnt out because <laughs> everyone's burnt out, and they needed tips to how to come through the other side. and And I shared my story about that because last year I attended Mom 2.0. It was my first time in person, and I left there, and I said to myself, "I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't for me. I don't know where I belong here." And then I really thought about being online and all of that kind of stuff. And I, like I said, I sort of came through the other side and like who I am and, and what purpose I serve here. And my purpose really is to connect people. I'm a connector. I like mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. connect my friends and, and get them to, to meet each other and connect followers and all of that kind of stuff. So once I came through on the other side, I felt great about it. Went to Mom 2.0 this year. Felt great about it. Felt so aligned and, and so inspired to just get ahead of it for this year. But going back to the feelings of my peers is that we're exhausted. You know, like, obviously, like, you know, when we say like moms are exhausted, yeah, like moms are exhausted. And so are the content creators, because going back to what we were saying about with with Heather's is the, the negativity that they deal with on a constant basis. On a constant basis, constant. I mean, I, we did a whole episode of Under the Influence about this called Burning Cats and talked a lot about the website Get Off My Internet, which I didn't even know existed until I started reporting this episode. And it's a website that is just dedicated to shitting on other women, other women who have the audacity to put their lives out there on the internet. And you can you can dislike some creators. You can dislike anyone. I hate Julia Roberts, but you know, <laughs> there is, and I'll never stop talking about how I hate Julia Roberts because she ruined the TV show adaption of my book. And I'm just like, fucking hate Julia Roberts, man. But I'm not going on every internet forum in the world and trashing Julia Roberts. I do on these on podcasts, but nothing specific. I just say, I don't like, I don't like Julia Roberts anymore. <laughs> but the things that women said on the, I'm just pulling up some of them that had been written about Heather Armstrong in some of her darkest fucking times. It's disgusting. It is absolutely like, disgusting. How can you not internalize that? I internalize everything. I don't read my Goodreads reviews from my books anymore. I don't read, I don't read anything because my skin is very thin. 
but these things get to you. Like, do you find out about them? So one of the things that had been written about Heather Armstrong, I just, just found it, you know, she was in a deep, deep depression and she wrote about it on her blog. She was very honest about it, like the way she was, everything. And someone wrote this comment, Heather needs to get the fuck over her childhood trauma. Like, dude, you're 43 and you spent half your life in therapy. You have a fucking sweet life. This is not someone you say, this is not something you say to someone who has a disease. Depression is a disease. And you wouldn't say, if you were getting chemotherapy for cancer, you wouldn't say, stop getting your fucking treatment, you loser. It, this is just the fact that one that anyone would say this, a fellow woman would say this. And the fact that there's a website dedicated to this shit is disgusting. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mom Style Box. Upgrade your wardrobe and enjoy unlimited styles for just $60 a month. Modern Mom Style Box is the first rental clothing subscription designed exclusively for moms and moms-to-be. Get started today with a free trial. Use promo code PTO. And that's actually how the, the website that you're mentioning that. So how I found out about Heather's passing last night was I follow Jordan Reed. She's, she's another writer. She has an Instagram account called Ramshackle Glam. And in her post, she said, shame on you to the get off me internet's blog for all of the work that you've done to chip, 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 chip away at Heather over the years. And so that's, that was actually how I, I learned of the news. And then quickly I like Googled it, you know, to, to see if there was like an associated press article, which there was talking about all of it, but it takes so much bravery, so much bravery to put yourself out there the way that Heather did in the way that countless others do to share the stories about their childhood trauma their alcoholism, their their depression, what they're doing to combat those things, pregnancy loss, mental health issues. I mean, the list goes on and on. And then to have other people who aren't putting themselves in the arena, so to speak, tear them down is just absolutely heartbreaking and disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm ho- I hope that more people are talking about it. I, I actually don't follow Jordan Reed. And now I just looked her you up. Should. And added, She's uh, no, I added her yeah. to my, my peoples to follow now. There's so much content out there. I can't, I can't find, it's so hard for me to parse and discover new things now, but I'm glad that you brought her up. But I hope that more people start talking about this, that more people really go after this kind of toxicity. We need to. We have to. Just last week, I posted, not that I'm making this about me because it's not, but just last week, I posted. But it's about all of us. It's about all of us. It's about the industry. It's about about the industry. It's about women. It's about the industry. It's about women. Exactly. I, I shared a post about being part of the sandwich generation. And I was saying how difficult it is to have young children and to have parents that are aging. And you see your parents aging. You don't realize that we're aging, you know, you're aging yourself. So, so. We're part of the sandwich generation. And ultimately, I I ended that post on a positive note saying how grateful I am to be a sandwich because we still have my parents. Yeah. To which someone commented, oh, shut up. It's called life. Really? That's really Barbara? Because her name was Barbara. Of course it was Barbara. Of course 
course it was. All right, really, Barbara. Barbara, that's that's what it is. Like, yes, I do. I do understand having generations of family members is called it's life, but the account is called Modern Mom Problems, and we're talking about those modern mom problems. And being part of the sandwich generation happens to be one of them. And also, why did Barbara feel compelled to comment? Like, I've, I've never felt compelled to leave a nasty comment. And if I, I don't, I'm not a big commenter generally. It just, it's, it's like, I feel like I'm trying to read and consume too many things at once. But when I do comment, it, it, I'm only trying to do it to say, hey, I fucking loved what you did. Like, thank you. Thank you. But I can't imagine commenting to rip someone down. If I don't like something, I just don't talk about it. I read plenty of books that I don't like because I, I read so much as an author. And instead of tearing them down, I just don't write about them, right? Yeah, you just like, skip it and move on. Skip it and move on. Right? What's the, what is the point of the negative comment? I will never understand that. I don't. The only thing I think is that, you know, people are so wounded and damaged themselves that they need to project that negativity, the hatred, whatever it is that they feel within themselves out onto public figures. But again, going back to that, these public figures, Heather, me, all, you know, all of us in this industry, like we are real people. We read the comments. I try not to, but every once in a while I can't help it. But we read the comments, you know, we see the reviews, all of those things that, that go into it. And you're right. Like as strong as we are many times, we still do have thin skin. You know, it hurts. Like we read that. There's no way to not have that chip away at you a little bit, especially over years and years of doing it. Yeah. I mean, we're all human beings and of course it's going to chip away at you. And I, yeah, I, I, I know I'm getting even more emotional thinking about this now. Also, I, the, I, the other thing that was tearing me up about Heather is that she left, left her kids behind. I think about this every time I, I, I think about someone who, who died by suicide. I thought about it a lot with Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade, and making that choice to leave your children, like the dark, dark place that you have to be, be in to, to choose that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What do you think Heather's legacy will be? I think that's up to all of us. Because I don't think the mainstream media will do its job in, we saw that in her obituaries, do its job in categorizing her as one of the great voices and writers of our generation. And I think it's up to us to declare that to be true, to push harder on that. In fact, I, I, I just dashed this off um, and dash it off. I, you know, I thought, thought about it a lot, but I put it on my Substack mainly because the freelance world has crumbled to such a point that I don't even want to try to pitch 23-year-old editors anymore. But I would really like to see a substantive op-ed in the Times, and I, I may reach out to them today, saying we need to think about her as more than a mom blogger. We need to say what she was. We need to say that she set the bar so high for how we write. And I don't, I also, I have, I have a quibble with saying how we write about motherhood I'm trying to say parenthood more often to try to not make it just about motherhood because we should say parents every time we say mothers and I think that it is up to us to keep pushing that to keep saying no 
to stop just calling her a mommy blogger because that term is condescending. We would never say daddy something. And so we have to, we have to put her in her rightful place in terms of how she changed how we write about life. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it was so shocking, her passing, because she was such a pioneer in this industry. She gave a voice to so many people who wanted to talk about their life experiences. I was reading briefly the comments from the post on her Instagram account. I think her boyfriend had, had posted, I guess. On oh, her, I, haven't uh, read them. I haven't read them. I haven't read them yet. Yeah. There yeah. are so many, including friends of mine that, uh, you know, it's funny, like when you see people that, you know, writing on it, who said, thank you, Heather, for getting me to write. Thank you, Heather, for giving me a voice. Thank you, Heather, for giving me the confidence to go out there and speak my truth because you spoke your truth. And so I think that's going to be her legacy as well. Yeah, I hope so. It should be. It, it needs to be. So I, yeah, I, I can't say enough that this is, this is how we have to constantly be, be framing this. Yeah. And, and we are a community, you know, like on Instagram and, you know, even your Substack and stuff. It's like, we talk so much about community, community, community. It's like such like a big buzzword, but really, like I said before, like, even though I didn't know her personally, I feel like this really hits because she's one of our own in our community as content creators. And, and I think that's why it really stings. I think it would sting anyway, but it, but it really stings because like you said, you can, feel for her children. You feel for her family, her boyfriend, everyone involved in, in her family directly. And and it's it's just really hard. I just hope that we can respect and, and pay homage to her legacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is a community. And that's the thing. The majority, 90% of the things that occur in the community are wonderful. And then the 10% of toxic things are so fucking bad that it almost overshadows so much of the good. Because I, I think our, our human brains are sort of wired to remember the negative. There's a stat, and I'm not going to say the stat right, so I'm not even going to say yeah, it. But yeah, it's some, I never say a stat right. I'm like, yeah, I'm not I think say like, right. yeah, I mangle them for years and years. And like, and I, it, it's terrible because I say that, I like spout them off as truth. I'm a terrible, terrible journalist. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you know that 50% of people, my husband's like, that's not true. They're like that could not possibly be true. It's so, true. so let me like botch this step, but it's something along the lines of like our brain remembers more of the negatives than there is the positives, right? Oh, yes, so if a yes. hundred people mm-hmm. write positive comments, we are going to get hung up on those two negative comments out of those 100 comments in total, 98 of which are positive. And it, that is just so prevalent in our industry, obviously, because our brain is wired that way, right? We were wired to go all the way back to protect ourselves from lions and bears and other things that could eat us in the middle of the night. And so we are hyper vigilant. You know, we we remember, you know, don't eat that poisonous mushroom. You know, try try to focus try not on, to eat that poisonous mushroom. Try not to eat that poisonous yeah. mushroom while you're a hunter gatherer living in the woods. But you know, here we are, ten thousand years later, and our brains are obviously still wired that same way. So it's so hard to get past those negative comments. And so I think a, a healthy thing is to, as much as you can, not read those comments. Like you said, don't read your book reviews. Sometimes, and my husband always says it, not 
everything is meant to be heard out loud. Not everything is meant <laughs> to be read. Like he says that. True. Like, that that's why we are yeah. where we are with social media. Because he's like, not every thought was meant to be read in front of everyone. Sure wasn't. Sure not wasn't. every thought no. was, was meant to be. No. Like mm-hmm. Barbara could have thought to herself, oh, shut up, Tara. About the right. sandwich. Barbara generally. didn't need to type. She I, didn't I, Barbara type. didn't need to type. Shut the fuck up, Barbara. I hate Barbara. I hate Barbara more than I hate Julia Roberts. <laughs> and all of the other ones like her that takes the, the time out of her day to write that. And I read that. That stings. That, of that course hurts. it stings. Like, of course I, it stings. I'm trying to be vulnerable. And for me, like, that has being vulnerable has always been my struggle on my account and on my page. That's not who I am. I am a guarded person. Now everyone's like, you got to share personal stuff. I'm like, all right, I'll share personal stuff. And guess what happens? You get attacked for it. And then you're like, well, why the fuck am I sharing personal stuff? Why the fuck am I sharing personal stuff? But you told me I had to share. It's a no win. We are women and we can't win. Like it's just, we, yeah, we're never, yeah. Yeah. It's a lose, lose situation. It's really, really troubling and it, it's tough. And like I said, I think that does contribute to the burnout that I see amongst my friends from what I heard when we were at the summit last week. Like it is, it's definitely something to work through, but okay, let, let's, let's be more positive. Joe, what else are you working on right now? What projects do you have coming down the pipeline? You got to have so many things. I have a book coming out June 13th called You Were Always Mine, which it's it's a novel that deals with motherhood, actually. It's about, I co-wrote it with my co-writing partner who I wrote We Are Not Like Them with a couple of years ago, which was a Good Morning America book club pick, Christine Pride. And it's about a Black woman who finds an abandoned white baby. And the toxicity that she goes through with judgments on her and on whether she will be a good parent to this to this white child. We haven't seen a story like this told in commercial fiction before. We always see a white mother adopting a black child or a child of another race, but rarely the opposite. Even though the opposite does happen in in real life and we wanted to explore that. We wanted to explore race and motherhood and what it means to be a mother. Is motherhood a privilege or a right? who deserves to be a mother. And so that novel comes out June 13th. You were always mine. It's on my, it's all over my Instagram right now. And then I I have another novel called The Sicilian Inheritance that I did on my own. It is a twisty, turny, multi-generational murder mystery set in Sicily over two two timelines based on my great-great-grandmother's actual murder more than a century ago. And I love both of these books. They're amazing. I'm so lucky that I get to put these book projects out into the world. And I'm also releasing a new podcast called Wilder about the life and legacy of Laura Ingalls Wilder, hosted by Glynis McNichol, who co-hosted Under the Influence with me. And I'm producing that. And I also make an appearance in it. And that was just selected for the Tribeca Film Festival. So we're doing, doing all the things. Just... It's a hustle. Plus, I've got these three babies, like these three children. They're not all babies. It's five, three, and a five-month-old. But there's just so many of them. They're just, they're really, it seems like they're everywhere. (laughs) They're just coming out of the drawers, coming out of the closet. I say this all the time. I probably say it too much now because I just repeat myself because I haven't had an original thought in forever. But it, it is like one of those Japanese horror movies where the children are coming out of the walls and crawling at you. That's what my life feels like. I woke up this morning... My husband's in New York for work and I live in Philly and I woke up this morning and they were all in bed with me 
And I know that I put the baby in bed at one point because she was fussy and hungry and she likes to be held once the sun comes up. So I know the baby was in bed with me. I'll probably get shit on that from other mothers who are like, you'll kill the baby. Shut the fuck up. Baby's fine. But the other two were then in bed with me too. And I was like, how did you even get here? <laughs> they just came through the wall. Literally. They came through the wall. They're just like both there. And they're both like wearing sleep masks too, as if this is just the most natural thing in the world. Hey, yeah, we just live here. Ah. Oh my God, Joe, you absolutely crack me up. I adore you so much. We could talk all day. I can't wait to read your your new book, The Sicilian Inheritance, because I am also Sicilian American. So I I respect that. And I'm so I'm sending it to you. I'm excited. I'm excited. Grazie. Do you speak Italian? I do. I do. I'm much better after I've had exactly one and a half glasses of red wine. Actually two and a half. But I I was proficient in college and now I'm working on it again with my five-year-old. Since we're going to Italy this summer, we do the Duolingo together. <gasps> Me too, Anki Io. I mm-hmm. do too. Yeah, yeah. And I love the Duolingo because it, it brings it all back without me having to get drunk. Yeah. Which is nice. I feel yeah. that. I do yeah. Duolingo every day. Every day. Every, every single day. day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. My yeah. son was doing Duolingo because he actually has an Italian tutor every Saturday morning. She lives in Venice. Her name is Julia. She's amazing. I highly, highly recommend it. And so they do Italian every Saturday morning together. And so that he was doing Duolingo to supplement his lessons with Julia. And then he kind of just got lazy and stopped doing it. And then I picked it up and like totally ran with it from there. So I enjoy that. And I love that very much. And so someday I will bring him to Sicily. Yes, yes. I took Charlie there, my five-year-old, when he was three months old. We circumnavigated the island. It was a total shit show. It was wonderful, but also a total shit show. And yeah, now we're going to live there this summer for a few weeks to work on this, this the true crime podcast of my great-great-grandmother's murder, which is just going to be ridiculous. It's, it's me with three children tromping around Sicily trying to solve a 125-year-old murder. I cannot wait for that. I cannot wait for that. That is going to be the best. Of- it's going to be the best. It really it really is. I've already worked with the folks over at Ellis Island who are so helpful and wonderful. And they've pulled all of my fam- family's documents to try to really hone in. Because what happened is my great-great-grandmother was left there when her husband and all of her sons went to America to make money for the family. And then she was murdered before she could come. So I'm trying to really hone in on the timeline. and. They're just, they're so helpful. Those researchers at Ellis Island, and they said the same thing that I always say. They're like, we're about to be replaced by chat GPT, so we're just really happy that someone wants us to do our research. And I'm like, I love you guys. That's amazing. I should call them and just be like, you know what? I have a project. I don't really have anything in mind, but I just like to learn because... Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're, they're lovely. They're lovely. Exactly. All right. So I'm sending you Cecilia yes, Inheritance. you're sending me the book. Yeah. We're, we're going to do all the stuff. Tell everyone where we can find you online, Joe. So I have a new Substack that I'm really into. I didn't know if I would be this into Substack, but I like it a lot. And it's called Over the Influence. And you can search Joe Piazza Over the Influence and sign up for it. And then I'm on the Instagram, which I love, hate, which is Joe Piazza Author. And those are the best places to find all of the things that I'm doing right now. And who knows? It'll probably be something else tomorrow. I love all of the things. I am a member of your Substack. It is oh, wonderful. It is it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I've, it reminds me of the early days of blogging. 
right? It is, isn't that wild that it came back around? Because I, I find the same thing. It came back around with the Substacks, and so with the Substacks. It's yeah. wild. I love it. Jill, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another Modern Mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.